This is TechWave, a Gartner IT podcast. Previously, talking technology. Welcome to Gartner TechWave. My name's Whit Andrews, and my guest today is Lane Severson. We're going to talk about cool vendors that don't exist yet for the digital workplace. Welcome to the podcast, Lane. It's a pleasure to have you here. I'll, I'll let you introduce yourself and fit yourself into our digital workplace coverage since that's our topic today. Go ahead. Hi, Wit. Thanks for uh, having me. Um, so my coverage here is as part of our uh, digital workplace team is covering uh, cool vendors and uh, predicts reports um, as part of uh, the, the research that we put out. I take a look at um, all things kind of digital office, digital workplace, um, with really a, a deep focus around issues related to content management and collaboration. Um, and uh, so that's that's my role here at Gartner. Perfect. Okay. And today's feature is uh, another uh, of our episodes devoted to the idea that there are cool vendors that don't exist yet. And so Lane has uh, very kindly agreed to join me today to kind of imagine what kinds of cool vendors there are out there um, who don't exist yet for digital workplace? This is a, a, a very happening topic because right now, with the disruptions that have occurred over the last few years, particularly in, in 2020, we've seen um, uh, interest, excitement, and passion from our clients around what kind of applications um, or platforms or, or infrastructural elements they could have access to that would allow them to successfully run their organizations, even though uh, there was a pandemic, which obviously uh, in, in uneven ways affected um, different workplaces, workspaces, work regions, and things like that. Um, Lane, you, uh, as you say, you, you handle our cool vendors research Tell me what what's one thing out there that you haven't seen yet that you really think that we need to have, and and I'll I'll ask you more than one thing, but tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say to you, what is the cool vendor's uh, functionality that that you're not seeing yet? Go ahead. Yeah, so with, for the digital workplace, you know, if we look at where success and um, and frankly failure have been, especially over the past year. There's been a lot of success, like you mentioned, um, but we have seen a uh, a huge increase in employees voicing um, concerns about loneliness, concerns about isolation, um, concerns about ability to frankly interact with other people um, in their organization outside of their direct team, and um, and this has really led to you know. Um, not just a um, you know kind of a personal issue, but this you know leads to issues around as an organization, how do we innovate, how do we drive cross-team collaboration, all of these things, right? And I, I think one of the big pieces that the cool vendor of the future is going to need to help us figure out is how do we drive um, some of those connections, both from um, kind of an event standpoint or a um, interaction standpoint, as well as overcoming some of the challenges we're going to have around um, time zones, right? Just being available at same place and same time. And also language barriers as we are increasingly uh, global organizations attempting to communicate with each other. And so I think the cool vendor of the future has quite a job on their hands across those. It's probably several vendors because those are interacting sectors. But I think that that's 
to me, one of the really big drivers in the digital workplace currently. Hmm, it's interesting. So if we're thinking about anti-loneliness or, or anti-isolation opportunities and technologies, I think what you're laying out there is it, it, it's going to need to address um, disconnections that people are feeling because they don't share a physical location. People don't want to be lonely at work. They spend probably half their waking hours, maybe slightly less, sometimes probably slightly more if they work a lot of hours at work and they don't want to be lonely there. So um, tell me a little bit about, about how that is reflected in what our clients tell us. So in other words, when our clients um, establish inquiry with us um, or, or when we see what they consume of ours, what's the, what does the story look like when they're looking for that kind of capacity? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, a, a couple of things jump out and in some of the research that we've done on this, right? One of it comes, one of the, uh, the key data points I like here comes from our 2021 Gartner Hybrid Work Employee Survey, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, tells us that um, the feeling of virtual overload that employees that have been in this hybrid world over the past year are uh, much more likely to feel like they're working too mm -hmm. hard or overly hard at their jobs than employees in an on-site mm -hmm. world. And you can think of all sorts of social reasons why this happens, sure. right? And this was a problem for contractors and off-site workers before COVID, right? They would often feel like they weren't working maybe as hard as their colleagues on, on, uh, you know, on-site. Um, you lose kind of all sense of context yeah. for your work. Um, so that's, that's one issue, right? Um, you've, you've got another issue here that, that clients bring up, which is, um, I think reflected in the research that um, that Microsoft and others have done around, you know, we have actually tended to increase our interactions with close team members. Mm -hmm. Think of kind of your immediate cohort, mm -hmm. um, but we've radically decreased interactions with folks that are outside of our cohort. Sure. Um, we we can call this the the coffee break uh, phenomenon or what have you that you're just not running into people in the hallway. That's part of the issue. Yeah. Um, but but there there are other pieces around that as well that I think that the technology uh, capabilities that we have part of this is culture obviously but part of it is simply having um, you know technology capabilities that can enable that I you know I like to envision um, opportunities similar to kind of a uh, you know we've we've seen chat roulette or similar ideas be used in the consumer world um, there are. Uh, ideas that push in that direction for enterprise, but I think there is a, a hunger to have more of the opportunity to, say, bump into somebody virtually, um, if that is your primary role. So that's that's one kind of focus that we see when clients are calling and asking about this. And then real quick, the uh, another big focus that we see um, is around meeting technologies and just hosting a good meeting when you have a hybrid setup. So if you've got folks sitting around a table and they're, you know, participating in the meeting and then folks that are dialing in, this idea of, you know, having a hybrid etiquette around, you know, how do we give folks a voice and allow them to speak during those times is a big issue. That's that's partially technologically again and then that's partially, you know, how do we how do we conduct ourselves in light of a hybrid environment? Yeah, I mean, we've we, I think that you and I have both been in a meeting in the last week or so Lane where somebody has actually said you know, I see that uh, fellow analyst name goes here has raised yeah. their hand 
And so I'm going to call yeah. on them. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh my right. God, I'm right. back in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very much that feeling. Yeah. Um, and, and it, and it yeah. leads, and, it's led me, I'm like, oh, right, I can raise my hand. It's not just, you know, mm-hmm. I've been here, you know, I, I, I've been here 20 years. And I, yeah. so I'm going to, I'm actually, I don't know if I've ever had a chance to tell you, Lane, you know, two things saved my job. One thing that saved my job was going remote, right? So, um, my, me working at home saved my job because I am a lot to have around your office. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, totally. If you sit across from me in an office, you cannot tolerate that for long. So they used to sit people yeah. who would be in an off shift across from me so that somebody would only have to deal with me for four hours. And so that was great. But then I got a new job where I worked from home. That was terrific. But then the loneliness absolutely kicked in. And so the distribution list became my way of getting contact. And so I was, I was absolutely overwhelming my coworkers with email. That wasn't helping anybody. Facebook was the next thing, right? So going remote was the first way my job got saved. And then Facebook saved my job the other way because I wasn't IMing people on AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> I'm actually somebody who had an ICQ number at one point. I'm no longer that person. I'm now somebody, right. you know, we were talking right before, before we got on the call and you were talking about all the things that you were turning off so that we could get on yeah. the radio. Um, there, there I've shown you my age again. So it, this coolness thing, this, that you're talking about time, place, location, yeah. alignment as an anti-loneliness yeah. capacity. Tell me what else we think that our clients are asking for when they're looking for anti-loneliness featuring or capacity from the vendor. Does that make sense as a question, Lane? Yeah, yeah it does. Um, you know, and another piece that we had touched on a little bit at the beginning here that um, I'd go back to is the idea of translation services, right? And translation services have been around in one form or another. That kind of concept is not new, but um, really good real-time translation is not something that is prevalent currently, right? Um, even with the application of uh, machine learning and AI to this, if you want to, you know, as our listeners, if you really want to go down a rabbit hole around AI and look at some fascinating use cases, um, conducting a uh, automatic translation with AI and then trying to assess the accuracy of it also with AI is an incredible problem in the industry. It's, 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 it's a fantastic sort of little um, microcosm of technology problems because how could you possibly have enough human resource to check the accuracy of the AI? So, um, you know, it, it is a continued issue, but if we do think about wanting to connect folks and especially as um, flexibility around hybrid work increases. When we think about the fact that, um, you know, I'm working in a central time zone here in Chicago, Illinois, and if I choose a flexible work environment where um, maybe my hours are not uh, traditional hours, maybe I prefer to be a night owl and get my work done from, you know, 8 p.m. to 12 p.m., I might be interacting more with our colleagues over in Singapore. And, you know, luckily, they um, they speak great English, and so that, that's not a current problem. But for a lot of organizations, we do want to be able to have real-time translation services, say, embedded into um, maybe the chat functions that we have, maybe the workstream collaboration functions that we have. And while we've seen some uh, attempts at this from a development standpoint or providing kind of frameworks around it, 
still very immature. Um, and I think that if you just kind of extrapolate that out across business processes where perhaps we're um, you know, rewriting contracts, we're using um, sales language from other companies, um, we're even just you know, moving a manufacturing facility perhaps from Europe to South America, there's a lot of translation that needs to happen there. Um, and, and this is still a really big opportunity that I would love to see some cool vendors of the future uh, attack in some new and interesting ways. That's, that's helpful. So, I've, uh, so we've we've actually ended up now with four four corners of the loneliness um, of, of the necessary uh, kind of a, a attack on the the loneliness fortress. So loneliness lives in a fortress based on time, place, location, language, at least. Right. And, and that's interesting, but this is also making me think about something else. So loneliness can also be affected by issues around um, diversity, equity and inclusion. Um, it can be affected by issues around culture. Um, and, you know, I always my uh, uh, people who uh, talk to me about the international conversations that I have tend to get tired of me talking about the very subtle shifts in linguistic culture that can be very challenging to address. So for example, in Australia, uh, the interjection look is used much more kindly and much more generously than it's used in American English. The first time that somebody in Australia said uh, something along the lines of, look, what you have to understand is this. I was like, you know, I, I, I bristled, right? You know, that I was like, hey, buddy, yeah. like, don't, 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 tell, don't talk to me like that. And then and then I, right. I kept hearing it and I and I realized that, that they were using it as a much more gentle and inclusive statement. It's much more in, intended to say, uh, I understand why you where you're coming from on this. And so that, you know, I, I'm wondering, time, place, location, language, those are interesting. Do you also think that it's that it should be in the purview of the coolest vendor to help people connect across culture and to to ease the challenges that are inherent in 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 issues around diversity, equity, and inclusion? I mean, I'm thinking about pronoun usage, for example, and wondering, should vendors be prompting me or, or should they be nudging me about my use of pronouns? You know, should I be able to tell the email system, um, this is my preferred pronoun. And then if I, if I were to, to, if somebody were to address something to me using the wrong pronoun, might the email system say, hey, look, you know, you know, we're not going to tell you what you have to do, but you might want to be aware that that person prefers a different pronoun. Does that make sense as a, as a question, Lane? Is that a place that you think vendors should go to? Yeah, and I, th I think there's, you know, opportunity here um, where we're seeing autocomplete being um, kind of put into a lot of the authoring structures that we have. Autocomplete has saved my, my bacon uh, multiple <laughs> times. Today, which is a huge change right. from when I was, I mean, when I started 25 years ago, you know, I still have stuff taped to the wall about how autocomplete ruined, uh, you know, a, a reporter's right. entire day. Um, but now increasingly, right. it's something that, that actually makes my life better. So thank you for listening to that, Lane. I'm sorry, go on, it, go on. Yeah, it, it does. No, and so, you know, you, you've got the on-ramp already for this, and you also have technologies being used to uh, protect us from sharing too much um, externally, right? So DLP capabilities and things like that. So I think there's an opportunity here where the intelligence that we have around language can be brought together to help us with some of these diversity and inclusion efforts. And like you said, 
a nudge, a, a prompt, maybe just kind of a kindly reminder. Um, what we don't want to turn into, I don't think, and it really depends on the organization's culture, but I think nanny state approach to these types of issues is probably going to um, uh, be uh, more aggressive than inviting, right? Um, and so I, I really do like the prompt and nudge um, aspect of that. I think that there's, there's a lot of promise there. Okay, so we've now got that the coolest vendor is going to be able to help us address loneliness issues. The coolest vendor is going to be able to address, help us bridge time, bridge place, bridge location, bridge language, bridge culture. And that cool vendor is going to set it up in a way where the organization is going to be able to take advantage of it. Now, there'll be good defaults, but there will be expert configuration opportunities that, that are, are going to let the IT person really participate in resolving this challenge of, of loneliness and, and, uh, and kind of disconnection. Did, did I get that right, Lane? I think you summarized it uh, really well there. And, um, you know, it, it, it just gets, it gets to the heart of, I think, one of the really big, you might call it an existential issue for a lot of employees. Um, and in the digital workplace, that's what we're, that's what we're really focusing on, right, is how do we drive up employee experience and, uh, and make force, you know, folks more productive as well as, you know, enjoy their All job. Right, that's great. So there's one last question that that, that that brings up, Lane. We know that most of our listeners are uh, IT leaders. They're people in an IT department who are leaders. Um, they might be CIOs as well, or they might just care a lot about those kinds of people. So waiting for the vendor, right, is never the right answer, right? You don't want to just kind of go out there and stand and wait for the vendor. But what kinds of things should an IT leader do today while they're waiting for the vendor to, to kind of make that kind of capacity possible? What, what are the, the actions that the IT leader can actually do right now? Yeah, you know, so um, from a, uh, a capability standpoint, a lot of organizations currently have the ability to set up, say, a digital or virtual water cooler type environment. They have the ability to maybe suggest having, um, you know, open collaboration hours across, you know, multiple team zones. You know, so there's there's some prompts around activities that we can use, and there's you know basic technology capabilities from you know co-authoring to collaboration tech that's that's available. And I think what we need to be open to with is the idea that. As human beings, we're not always just doing business stuff. That's part of what drives the loneliness, right? And so the, those water cooler conversations and those other areas also need to be open for folks to say, you know, bring up the television show that they were watching or the comic book they're reading or whatever it is folks do for enjoyment. And, um, and to have those moments, because those are really, I think, the areas where we start to latch on and realize that it's not just that we're not alone, but there's potentially a friend out in the organization. Um, that's all stuff that folks can start doing today with the current investments they've been making over the COVID era. And um, and I'd love to see more of that. Happen. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, I've, I've used screen share um, to share pictures of Minecraft, my, my work in Minecraft with, yeah. with, uh, with, with one of our colleagues and he's shared them back. He's, he's better than I am at Minecraft and that, that, uh, that made me feel a little bit smaller, but you know, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's it, it, it's inspiring, right? It's something else to uh, to to aspire. You to know, there, actually, so. the honest uh, truth is, it did. I I had to learn how to automate my smelting practices in order really to measure up to Mike Woodbridge because he's that kind of guy. So yeah, that's absolutely true, Lane. That's yeah. what it did. It's impressive. All right. Listen, Lane, I really appreciate your spending time with us today on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. 
Please subscribe and share the episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Gartner Podcasts are a production of Gartner, the world's leading research and advisory company, equipping executives across the enterprise with indispensable insight, advice, and tools to achieve their mission-critical priorities. You can learn more at Gartner.com. All content in Gartner Podcasts is owned by Gartner and cannot be repurposed or reproduced without Gartner's consent. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of business and technology. This content should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of any enterprise's product or services. All content provided by other speakers is expressly the views of those speakers and their organizations.